Welcome to Namely 90s, the podcast that takes you back to the time before smartphones, Google, and Y2K. Join your hosts as they relive the pop culture that shaped a generation and the parts that many people wish they could forget. Listen in to the conversation about how the decade defined those who spent their childhood there and how it shaped them as adults. So, turn down the grunge and dial up the internet. Let's get started. It's time for Namely 90s. Hello, you're listening to Namely 90s. This is Andrew. Over there we've got Brandon. Hi. And uh, and uh, we welcome you. And the, you, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm just fumbling over this intro, aren't I? In any case, uh, we're on I, Twitter I'd at help, Namely but, 90s. No. <laughs> at namely 90s that's with a nine zero s and online at namely 90s.com uh it is a beautiful day here in lovely eastern washington and we're going to start with brandon who's going to tell us what's been going on this month in history in the 90s uh yes specifically july 1992 um also a lovely day here in central coast of california um so june 19 nope july 1992 the iraq disarmament crisis is going on Uh, on july 9th bill clinton announces he is running uh his running mate is al gore for the upcoming presidential election and accepts the nomination at the dnc on the 16th of july summer olympics are held in spain barcelona um this little Seattle throwout for us. Uh, Ken Griffey Jr. is the MVP of the All-Star Game, which I realized, wow, we're not going to have an All-Star Game this year or a home run derby or anything. Uh, Echo the Dolphin was released for the Sega, I want to say Genesis. Um, that was that was a video game I remember playing on my cousin's Game Gear. And in the box office, we have A League of Their Own. Uh, Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. And the the movie Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Honey, I blew up the kid. I hear that's pretty popular in the Middle East. But um, <laughs> possibly insensitive. Anyway, <laughs> I'm just gonna let you stew in that one. Uh, <laughs> on the Billboard charts, being t- uh, for the entire month, "Baby Got Back" by Sir Mixalot is at the top oh, yeah. of the chart. Yeah, you know he's from uh, Seattle. Uh, I I should have known that. I he think was, I I feel like I knew that. Yeah, he was born in Auburn. Um, Under oh, the yeah. Bridge by the Red Hot Chili Peppers, number three for the week of July eleventh. Uh, also, Damn, I Wish I Was Your Lover by Sophie B. Hopkins was number five. Achy Breaky Heart by Billy Ray Cyrus mm. was number six. And then this one's just for me. Friday, I'm in love by The Cure is number 19. And number 20 is November Rain by GNR. Wow. It's a lot yeah. of music there. It, it is. Um, well, so it's, those are because the entire month is Baby Got Back. And I feel like we couldn't really talk in depth about Sir Mix a lot other than the fact that we know that he comes from where we're from, sort of. Um, yeah. I, so, I thought we'd start it out. This is technically, this is our episode that was released right after the 4th of July. So I thought we'd talk about some 4th of July memories from the 90s. 
Uh, sure. Yeah. Love it. I mean, if do you have any, like, cause I know, so we've never like spent 4th of July together because, um, I, when I was young, my, or all, always my family would go to the Oregon coast for the 4th of July. Um, whereas you guys would do stuff in the neighborhood, I assume. Yeah. It was never particularly exciting. I hate to be a downer, but, uh, no, I mean, we never got the fun, like my family never got the fun fireworks, the sort of at risk of blowing your arm off fireworks. So it was pretty low key, but occasionally the people, the yahoos down in the neighborhood would let off those mortar things. That was always pretty entertaining. Oh. And the next day it looked like, it looked like the place had been shelled. There was just like debris everywhere. <laughs> I do remember my next door neighbor, um, our, our friend, obviously Jacob, oh. his dad literally was running like one of those back and forth sprinklers on their roof. Cause it was that cedar shake shingle. Oh, <laughs> like he literally had a sprinkler on his roof to prevent it from burning up. So I thought that was, I thought that was pretty entertaining. Well, I mean, but, I remember uh, one year we came back and there was like a bottle rocket on our roof. I'm like, huh, I could have burned down my, my house. Yeah. Uh, I had one time I went to my, uh, with my wife to her, um, like cousins or aunt and uncle's house mm-hmm. and one of her little cousins this just sounds terrible one of her little cousins was holding a roman candle and it holding? like s- yes and it startled him so he dropped it and it, it pointed directly at the two of us wow. and at which point i like as it started shooting fire at us, i like immediately dove on like the two tiny children that were sitting next to us <laughs> to protect them from being like burned alive well, it I was mean- really exciting and now that I think about it, there there are like there are people that um, I've heard you, they take their Roman candles and then they like point it at each other and have Roman candle fights. It's, it's crazy. Darwinism. I did see one guy. I was at the fairgrounds. Um, mm-hmm. I went with a friend. We watched the demolition derby, which was which was pretty entertaining actually. And we got back to the parking lot. And we're all sitting there in line waiting to leave, and some dude just like lights off a Roman candle and holds it out the window and starts shooting it off. And then the uh, the sheriff walks up to his passenger window and knocks on it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he got in a lot of trouble. Those are really uh, illegal, I'm pretty sure. But you can buy them up on the reservation. Yeah, so that's what we would do. We would buy the fireworks in the reservation in Washington, uh, take them across the border into Oregon, and shoot them off over the ocean, of course, um, down in uh, the uh, Lincoln City, Depot Bay, Newport Beach area. Ooh, um, fancy. Oh yes, uh, Depot Bay, the smallest bay on the West Coast, or something like that. It's where they. It's where they shot one who's flew over the cuckoo's nest. Um, hmm. Yeah, but yeah, the, I, I I remember because it's my my cousin's birthday is on the fifth of July, so we would go down and celebrate his birthday, and um, my aunt has a cabin there, and we the cool. whole extended family would show up and. We'd go down to the beach for Fourth of July fireworks and put on a show. Yeah, I, I recall. We always missed you on the Fourth for sure, uh, but good to have family time. Oh yeah. Anywho, uh, I, I wanted to go back to something you said. Um, uh-huh. Bill Clinton uh, naming Al Gore as his his running mate. Inventor uh, of the was, internet. Yeah, wasn't that about the time he was inventing the internet? Boy, he was busy back then. Oh, sorry, did I just steal your joke? <laughs> yeah, it's okay. But boy, running for president and or vice president and inventing the internet—that's a pretty busy year. I'll well, and, and fighting global warming ten years before. Uh, yes, 
before he was known for fighting global warming. Yes. And uh, 20 years before we acknowledged that it, it might yeah. exist. Um, and you mentioned, interestingly, you mentioned Ken Griffey Jr. I, I thought that mm-hmm. was interesting because there was just an article that came out like maybe a couple days ago because he's got a, there's a documentary about him that's just either oh, yeah. been released. Sunday night as of when we're recording this. So yeah, two, which three Sundays ago. I bet would be good. Um, but in any case, I guess there was some story about how like he would never play play for the Yankees. He said he'd retire before he'd play for them because I think he was at he was in the dugout when his dad was on the Yankees and um, they told him to leave the dugout while some other like white baseball players kid was out taking grounders on third base. Wow. And uh, so he said he'd we'd literally rather retire from baseball than ever play for that team. And I was like, huh, well. That's a very real example, and I, I thought that was just a very sad but interesting tidbit. Uh, yeah, wow. I, because I, I, you know Ken Griffey Jr. is a role model growing up, and I had never heard that story. Um, that's messed up. But yeah, you know, like if you look at what's going on in the nation right now, people are pulling down even the Yanks uh, statues because they were also slave owners. I was talking to my therapist. This is interesting because um, he was saying that they, they are taking down a lot of these monuments. And mm. I mean, some people think hey, we shouldn't have monuments to people who are bad people. And I, I think I generally agree with that. Um, but at the same time, like you don't literally just get to go destroy people's property. <laughs> like that's still against the law in this country. So anyway, I just think that's a little bit interesting. Um, yeah. You know, I, it's, it's, yeah, it's, I think it's more interesting just seeing how many statues there are of like Confederate generals that are still yeah prominent somewhere. Or uh, apparently there's like a, there, and I think it's in New York, there's a statue of Teddy Roosevelt, who I, I, I like him, one of my top 10 presidents probably. Uh, there's a statue of him walk, on a horse walking with a native american and a black slave or something or no i guess he wouldn't have been a slave at the time uh and um, uh, just a black person and uh they pulled that statue down i'm just like it was it was erected in the 1930s and it's like that was probably progressive back then but yeah we can't just i I mean here's the thing we have a lot of notable figures in american history presidents etc and um you know, it's like we can't just we can't just decide American history doesn't exist right. and and not have a remembrance of it. Um, not necessarily to glorify those negative things, but um, but our country may not be what it is today, for better or for worse, without some of these pe- these figures in the past. And and lastly, again, uh, if it's if, for, if it's on private property and you're taking it down, it's it's literally just against the law. So I don't know. I think um, I think I get it. I, I think it sends the message. Um, and the message ultimately is is important, but I don't know. I just thought it was interesting that like now they're just tearing down pretty much anything, and by they I mean just kind of random anarchists and not even people associated with the movement. So those people are bad, but the other people are good. Yeah, uh, it, it's interesting just to, to get perspective on it to to yeah. see how you know as a half white person, I never like get bad at bad at an eye, and also as a millennial, never cared. 
Uh, but like, I never, yeah, you know, we were too busy killing Applebee's or whatever. Um, yeah. But no, I think I'm pretty sure the, the other argument or is Germany. There's not, there's not a bunch of statues in Germany of like Nazi Hitler. war criminals. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I feel like there's there's kind of two sides to that coin. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's. Or like the um, Bubba, Bubba Wallace, I think his name is, the NASCAR driver. Uh, found a noose. Like he's the only black NASCAR driver found a noose in his racing uh, cubby or whatever. Yeah, uh, that's horrible. After getting the the sport to ban Confederate flags, and that's the other classy thing I never, move. That's the other thing I never understood. Like, I there's that house, and you know which house I'm talking about, kind of on uh, Seattle Hill Road somewhere. Uh, that had like a confederate flag just like in the window it's like why i think that's where we need that's where we need to start using the drone strikes <laughs> <laughs> frankly um yeah so yeah. anyway that's real real light subject yeah. matter sorry for uh this it was all for a segue because it's you know looking at america's past um a league of their own do you do you know this movie no idea it's the it's a Tom Hanks movie where it's the uh, it's set during I think the Second World War where all the women have to play baseball because all the men are off at war. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't rec- I didn't recognize the name, but I recognize that the probably the famous line. Yeah, your favorite actor. Yes, uh, there's no crying in baseball. Is yes, the, um, I know the fav- line. Your favorite actress, Rosie O'Donnell, is in it. Oh no, <laughs> um, Madonna. I think is is in it one of the sisters possibly um yeah it but i just i honestly i i think that's one of tom hanks's best roles um just the it's kind of interesting he was able to like coach a women's baseball team while simultaneously being in normandy right uh saving private (laughs) right yes that's right um yeah it i think they were twins canonically so the so the upshot of that movie is uh, women playing baseball. There's no crying in baseball. Um, well, what else is notable about it? Because that's literally all I remember. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, that's all. I, well, <laughs> uh, so if I remember the pro- plot, because I've seen this movie a few times on television when I was probably f- seven. Um, the plot of the movie was there's like these sisters that are good at baseball and the younger sister played by, I, I want to say Madonna uh, is rebellious. And the older sister is like prim and proper and falling in love with Tom Hanks character. And Madonna's just like, no, I'm a rebel. I need to be a rebel. And then yeah, something happens. I, I think the first one was really good, but they kind of went too far with the second one when they did the sequel that had all those gremlins in it. <laughs> yeah uh well i mean you already had rosie o'donnell and uh madonna the original gremlin did yeah. you did you really need to to add um, yeah add more gremlins uh, yeah add a flying madonna and late <laughs> lady gaga <laughs> vegetable madonna <laughs> electric madonna what? Um, uh, and, and i apologize I, if you did not listen to the last episode that makes yeah. no sense but and hulk hogan made an appearance <laughs> um yeah Uh, i mean while we're talking about the box office i honey i blew up the kid i never really liked but uh, i did like the original honey i blew up the kids Um, it wasn't i thought you shrunk the kids 
Yes. Did he blow them up? <laughs> no, you're right. He shrunk them. Uh, I Freudian slip, I guess. Oh, was there not another series of blowing up, the, like enlarging the children? <laughs> I feel like there was. Uh, <laughs> I guess not. Possibly. The, uh, there was a third one where they shrunk them again or something. I don't remember. Yeah, but honey, yeah. I unshrunk the kids. Yeah, I don't know. Honey, I blew up the kids. Was the kid. Wait. Honey, I blew up the kid. Was the second one. Honey, I blew up the kids. Was the original. No, I thought it was shrunk. When shrunk. did they shrink I them? Keep, I Jesus keep saying, Christ. "Oh my god!" <laughs> <laughs> the original is "Honey, I Shrunk the Kid." Thank you, kids. With the, it's, uh, my brain. Is, that's so funny. Wow. Um, I again vaguely remember the movie, but like I couldn't tell you that uh, the overall plot, other than he shrinks the kids. Because, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean that that is basically the plot. They get shrunk by accident, and they have to they get vacuumed or something outside. Uh, they end up outside somehow, and they have to make their way back into the house. While um, I don't even remember the actor, but he was in Ghostbusters. He was the nerdy guy in Ghostbusters, nerdier guy in Ghostbusters. I feel like Michael Crichton stole that concept for that book that he wrote. It was called Micro, and these people like became shrunk for some scientific reason, and then they were like stuck out in the woods and like beating like had to uh, defeat ginormous they had to defeat ginormous like caterpillars and stuff that were like giant monsters to them they they rode an ant and fought a spider or something yeah it was the one that he started and then richard preston i think richard preston had to finish it um but yeah was was that his last book it was one of he has several in progress i think that was one of them but uh yeah he he richard preston's a good good author too he finished it but it was kind of interesting but i didn't realize that was sort of hawked from that other thing but at the same time way better yeah. in general and i and i think both both of them kind of stemmed from uh this is a fantastic voyage where they yeah they that's shrink, what it is that's yep yep shrink and go inside the person's blood system to i don't know stop a tumor Wait, or... isn't that the ep- isn't that an episode of the magic school bus yes that is also <laughs> pretty sure <laughs> Thank you. It was always my favorite one. The magic school bus human body episode. Arnold's like, no, I don't want to go inside or and then they end up in the snot or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're, Arnold's not in the bus. So they go into they Arnold go into bloodstream. Arnold. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so, so many layers to that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Honey, I blew up the kid. The, the one that came out in July of 92. Why do you keep saying that? Uh, that's what it was called. The second one, he blows up the youngest. Oh, he does. He he enlarges the the youngest child. Oh, the, okay. The toddler. Okay. Got it. Yep, yep. Okay, Got you just it. thought I was I was screwing you both up. No, that's why I was screwing it, uh, the original up. Um, yeah. So the one that came out in July of '92 was "Honey, I Blew Up the Kid," where it's the sequel, and he has the shrink ray, but it's set to to enlarge. And he accidentally enlarges his kid and the dog, and they're at like some sort of Vegas scientist convention. So there's a baby or a toddler walking down uh, the Vegas Strip. Oh, good. It, yeah. There's a fourth sequel titled "Shrunk: Entering Development." Uh, we'll wow. See. Well, so okay, at Disney at Disneyland and Disney World, they had um, like this 3D experience or 4D experience where. Um, the audience, honey, I shrunk the audience. I think it was called, um, you get shrunk and then sneezed on by a dog. And, um, it was, it was a fun time, but seeing as you never went to Disneyland. No, sadly. Or I guess you went once. 
with your wife as um, an adult yeah yes uh and also in the box office we buffy the vampire slayer oh yeah the the one starring christy alley no no frankly no uh wow i don't remember who was in we're about to find out survey says but so ben christy Affleck swanson was, christy swanson too many christies from the 90, 90s um it, but it was written by joss whedon and then i think taken away from him like halfway through or something hmm. but uh it, it wasn't it wasn't the series that because he eventually no. he went on to make the series with Sarah Michelle Gellar, which I'm sure we'll talk about on a future episode. But um, it's just yeah, it, it's, it, it spawned it's a, it's a, a, a cult following show. Mm-hmm. Um, the movie, if I remember right, seeing it was just kind of like, Bleh. yeah, but, uh, you know. uh, Luke Perry's in it as either a love interest or a vampire. Um, Donald oh, big Sutherland. Shock. It received mixed reception from critics. Yeah. I, have I have I told you how much I hate critics? By the way, I think uh, I have. Not this episode. <laughs> okay, fine. True. Yeah, it's yeah, it, it, it's not great. Yeah. Uh, but I what I didn't know is Ben Affleck's in that movie. It's one of his first movies, like uh, that he's ever in, and he's just like a background character. Basketball he, player number ten. Yes, but he and has, Seth Green was in there too. He has a single. Seth Green was in it, really. Yeah, Seth Green is uncredited as a vampire. Huh. And Ricky Ricky Lake was in there. Wow. David Arquette. Yeah, David Arquette. I remember. It's a star-studded um, cast, really. Yeah, it's crazy how many people are in that. But um, Ben Affleck had had one line, and it was so bad they had to dub over his his line uh, in post because he either couldn't get it right or it just sounded terrible. Did he ever really improve from that? That's a good point. Like I like him as Batman. Oh God, Batman again, but the movies he's in as Batman are terrible. And I wish that was a hot take, but it's not. Um, yeah. Uh, Oh yeah. We have talked about Batman quite a lot on this. Batman critics, the gremlins, (laughs) Yeah, it's almost There's some recurring themes developing. It's it's like we're creating a show. Oh. Um, yeah, so okay. Uh God, just a terrible movie. Um, but I you you got me into it cuz I think your brother watched the TV series. Um, I watched I got actually no, you did not. It, I watched Angel starting from like the end of season 4 and then retroactively got into that show and then into the Buffy yeah, I, we, my brother was a big fan. I watched some of it. Um, it's not typically my sort of genre, if you will. It's, but it's my genre, for sure. It was pretty entertaining. I remember that. Um, you know, it, it was good TV. Good TV. Yeah. Okay. Uh, moving away from TV and then to the billboard charts. Um, there's a lot of a lot of music we could talk about <laughs> that I mentioned. But I, I wanted to talk about uh, Sophie B. Hopkins. Uh, uh which one was her song again damn i wish i was your lover mm. yeah uh it was the first song she ever wrote um and this is a quote from her before the record even came out i was sure sony was going to drop me when they realized how bad of a songwriter i was and then when the record came out i was almost apologetically on tour 
because I didn't really believe that people were going to like it because I knew that I liked it and that already meant that it was weird. My expectations were that I would be dropped and that I would go back to being obscure. Uh, Personally, I prefer As I Lay Me Down, but uh, I wanted to read you the lyrics of Damn, I Wish I Was Your Lover. Sure. Sounds sounds delightful. Yeah, just to steal another bit from a previous episode. Um, This is Damn, I Wish I Was Your Lover by Sophie B. Hopkins. That old dog has chained you up all right. Give you everything you need to live inside a twisted cage. Sleep beside an empty rage. I had a dream I was your hero. Damn, I wish I was your lover. I'd rock you till the daylight comes. Made sure you are smiling and warm. I am everything tonight. I'll be your mother. I'll do such things to ease your pain, free your mind, and you won't feel ashamed. Uh, Open up on the inside. Gonna fill you up. Gonna make you cry. Uh. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> oh, it's horrible! It's it, horrible. This monkey can't stand to see you black and blue. I give you something sweet each time you come inside my jungle book, or is it just too good? What? <laughs> <laughs> D- don't say you'll stay, because then you go away. Damn! Oh. I wish I was your lover. Well, the jungle book line. That's. But- yeah, and then it repeats the chorus until shucks for me, there is no other. You're the only shoe that fits. I can't imagine I'll grow out of it. <laughs> Damn. Uh, if I, yeah. If I was your girl, believe me, I'd turn on the Rolling Stones. We could groove along and feel much better. Guess what? Come, let me in. Mm. I could do it forever and ever and ever and ever. Give me an hour to... Okay, I'm going to stop there. You've got to be kidding me. Why is she talking about being his mom? What the hell is this about? Oh, my God. Yeah, it it gets... It's incestuous. The the jungle book. Oh, yeah. Wow, that's... Something about animals. Um, Oof, boy. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the the beginning of a long and illustrious career as a recording art. No, no. Actually, she had two giant albums in the nineties. She was a very popular artist in the nineties, and uh, I think she's having a resurgence right now. Well, it's basically porn as music, so I'm not surprised that it sold. Yeah, I don't know if you you were able to hear the whole quote because we had some technical difficulties. But she said something to the extent extent of. I didn't think anyone would like the the my music because it's so weird. It's not weird. It's just like written for the sake of the rhyme, which is always annoying. <laughs> That's true. And like overly sexual, but like you may as well have just said the words instead of like beating around the bush, so to but speak. It, isn't that so 90s though? It's like um it's just so That's that's how is there all, is there a video girl? Oh, there's a video. Can you? And I'm sure. Oh, yeah, I imagine there's decide? a lot of in yes, the video. Are there a lot of are there a lot of cordless phones? I imagine a lot of cordless phones. Uh, no, there are no cordless phones in this one. Because oh. remember, it's the nineties. Uh, it's early. It's ninety two. Uh, but can you describe more of what you think the the video is like? Um, I imagine. <sighs> Oh boy. Um 
I imagine it's sort of like dusk slash sunset. Uh huh. Okay. And uh, uh, can you, if if you were to put any filter on 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 it, what what like color grade or if kind like color- sepia almost in a way, but not mm. the entire like like orangey. It's actually black and white. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. At a lot of her walking. Is there is she like is she backlit in a lot of it where you can only kind of see her silhouette? Uh n- not really. It's okay. I, well. it's it's a lot of her walking around, which uh, what I think is New York. Um and uh just kind of just super angsty early nineties. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it's wow, that was almost as good as the mbop reading. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so let me just read the description on Wikipedia. Uh, the original music video for the song featured Hopkins lying on her back in a flowing light fab light fabric outfit while singing the song interspersed with scenes of dancers and of Hopkins kneeling down while wearing a combination of a tube top and essentially a diaper. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine like who's writing this stuff on Wikipedia? That's a good point. Uh, fans of Sophie B. Wow, that is just uh, yeah. Okay, uh, yeah. Sorry, I was I was thinking of the the second uh, more conservative outfit she wore in the the second music video. Yeah, what a, what a conservative sounding song. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. It was it was all it was all black and white. It, it, I think it's it's a quintessential '90s song, though. Just hmm. everything about it is very, very '90s. Well, um, let's uh, let's just be glad that that sort of thing doesn't. Well, okay, there is still Cardi B, so it's... yeah. In 20, 20 years, we'll look back and uh, look at Lizzo and say the same thing about the 2010s. Yeah, um, yeah. So I guess that's that's it for this week's edition of Namely '90s. Uh, I am Brandon. That's Andrew. You can find us on Twitter at namely 90s with a 90s or find our personal accounts at bshwitty and at namely Andrew and tell us what you want us to talk about on future episodes. You can also contact us through our website, namely90s.com. Please subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneCan, Spotify, YouTube, Deezer, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and wherever you get your podcast at. Uh, this has been Name 90s, and we will catch you next time.